Today's passage comes from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 12 to 26. 1690, says Vic. Which is helpful for me, too. I didn't have it open. So if you remember last week, Pastor Gina preached on the ascension of Jesus into heaven. Jesus had risen up into heaven, and he had asked his disciples to wait, to not leave Jerusalem until they had received the Holy Spirit from the Father. And so here we start at the Mount of Olives. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James, not to be confused with Judas Iscariot, the betrayer. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and he said, Brothers and sisters, The scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. With the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong. His body burst open and all his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, and so they called that field in their language Akodama, that is, field of blood. For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time, the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they nominated two men, Joseph, called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the eleven apostles. This is the word of the Lord. Leadership. We could probably talk about a few different things with this text, but this morning, I believe that the Lord would have us hear a sermon about leadership, about the special and tremendous grace that he has in sustaining his church and his people by providing leaders when we need them. And so, to start, I want to begin by telling a story of this man. So this is Major Richard Winters. 
and Major Winters was a paratrooper during World War II. And on D-Day, June 6, 1944, then just a first lieutenant, Winters, along with over 35 paratroopers, dropped by parachute from a plane into the province of Normandy behind enemy lines. Now, their drop didn't go as planned due to the chaos on the battlefield, and the men were effectively scattered. Many men never made it down, including their commanding officer, and the men who did make it to the ground were injured and confused. They hadn't landed where they were supposed to land. Many were missing equipment that they needed and their weapons. But Winters sprung into action. He quickly gathered as many of the men as he could find. They pooled their equipment, and he was only able to find 14 men, 14 of the over 35 that had dropped. And so this group of men went on to accomplish the mission for which they had initially been dropped. Within a few hours, this small group of men took on over 50 German troops to secure a a super important part in the battlefield. My husband could could explain this much better than I could. But basically, it was held by over four German howitzer guns that were pointed at the beaches, shooting down Allied forces coming in off the beach. So you've got 14 men that take over 50 German troops to secure this plot of land on the battlefield. Just tremendous. Leadership. What would have happened if Major Winters hadn't become a leader in that moment, if he hadn't risen up? Major Winters obviously eventually reached the rank of Major, which meant that he led many men. He also led many men throughout World War II and in Korea. And when men were asked about Major Winters and his leadership, they said that they would follow Major Winters anywhere because he cared about his men more than he cared about himself. He was known to be a devout Christian man, and he led selflessly. He led humbly, he led consistently, and he was greatly loved and respected. Richard Winters understood the importance of godly, honest, servant leadership. Nothing happens without leaders to unite people with a purpose. Dr. John C. Maxwell, if you look at the quote up here, writes books on leadership. He's considered the authority on literature written for and about leaders, and he once said this, that everything rises and falls on leadership. And so if you think about the world, nothing really happens if people aren't united for a purpose under a leader, right? Everything happens because of leadership, which means that good leadership is so important in this world, especially Christian leadership. What makes Christian leadership different from regular leadership? How would, how would you define regular or Christian leadership? An article published by Christianity Today stated that a leader is a person involved in a process of influencing and developing a group of people in order to accomplish a purpose by means of supernatural power, meaning from God. And so from this, we can see that a Christian leader is one involved in influencing and guiding a group of people to accomplish God's purposes, and this is all orchestrated through the power of God. Now, this is exactly what the disciples had been doing for the past three and a half years under Jesus' leadership. Jesus was a person doing just these things, leading and guiding people through God's purposes. 
But this morning, in our text, we find our new leaders in the position of having to take this place. They are now the leaders. But I'd imagine that our disciples feel a little bit like Major Winters and his men felt on that cold night in Normandy. Jesus is gone. He's ascended into heaven. And they went back to Jerusalem, just as he had commanded to wait. And they went up to the upper room. Now this is the upper room where they'd been staying, where they'd experienced the Last Supper. This is where they had joined together as a family and learned and grown intimately together. And in this place, they look around and realize that, that there's, there's an empty chair. Judas is gone. They're not complete. They're waiting. There's a vacancy, and they're not sure how to proceed. Now, this is the first time that the church has found itself with a vacancy, left without necessary leadership, but it's certainly not the last. The church has been around for a really long time. That means that eventually the disciples, the apostles, they passed away and the Lord provided for other leaders to fill their spots. And that's gone on again and again and again. In today's world, pastors will stay at a church for X amount of time and then they're called to go to a new place and a vacancy is left. Servants Church, as Pastor Dave said down the road, is currently waiting for a pastor. They have a vacancy. How are they to accomplish the mission that the Lord has there without good leadership? We at Gold also find ourselves with vacancies. We're praying for three shepherd elders who might tend to the needs of the flock. Those are leaders. Those are vacancies that we need to pray for. We're also looking for leaders with our youth ministries. Gold Rush is always looking for people to help with the middle school youth group. Our high school youth group that we'd like to start isn't going to get anywhere without good leadership. We have vacancies. We are waiting, just like the disciples were. We're waiting on the Spirit to be poured out, and we're waiting for vacancies to be filled. But friends, there's such good news in here about vacancies. God didn't leave the chair for Judas empty, did he? The disciples and the women and the family of Jesus are constantly in prayer. Did you see that word, constantly? That's so important. They're praying, they're praying together. Um, in some translations it says that they prayed with one accord, with one voice. And they're praying together that the Lord might send his spirit to help them and to lead them in their ministry. And in their prayer, the Lord leads them to recognize that there is a vacancy. Judas is gone. They're supposed to be 12. They're aware that there is this vacancy. And in that awareness, the Lord gifts Peter. He gifts Peter in a beautiful sort of little moment that we see that exemplifies the entire sermon. He gives Peter the leadership skills to stand up and to speak to the people and to recall to Scripture Psalm 69:25, where long ago David talked about an enemy and he foreshadowed and, and prophesied of Judas. And he said, may their place be deserted. And let their hearts, or let there be no one to dwell in their tents. Now, just as a side note, it's really important to know that when the Lord gives us scripture, a verse, we should look it up in its entirety, in its context, so that we can correctly find the meaning of what's been sent. 
And if you do look up Psalm 69, which you don't have to do now, it does go on to be, it, it could be confusing. It makes it seem as if Judas should be gone forever, but that's about his eternal soul being gone forever as opposed to his leadership role. So then Peter was also brought to Psalm 109, verse 8, where David said, May his days be few, but may another take his place of leadership. So the Lord gifted Peter with scripture to share, to lead the group to pray for a leader. Prayer also leads them to know what kind of leader would be needed to fill this vacancy. They say that they need someone who's been with them from the beginning. So Jesus, from his his baptism to when he ascended into heaven, this is three and a half years. Now, why is it so important that this person would have been there the whole time? And it comes down to truth. They needed a person who would be able to testify that the same Jesus who was baptized by John the Baptist was the same man who died on that cross, was the same man who rose from the dead, was the same man who rose into heaven. They needed someone who could testify to the truth of Jesus because good leaders walk in truth. Now think about the characteristics of such a person who three and a half years ago heard the Lord, saw him be baptized, and went, I'm going to follow this man for the rest of my life. I'm not going to get the perks of being a disciple. I'm not going to get invited to the upper room and to the intimate circle. But I believe him, and I will give up my life for him, and I will be humble, and I will follow. This leader would understand servanthood, and he would understand humility Where are you going to find this person? The Lord astoundingly provided two men, two men who had been following this entire time in humility to be a testament to the truth. And so they bring up Barsabas called Justice and Matthias. And then they're led to give the final decision to the Lord. And so they pray, Lord, you know everyone's heart. I love this word here, everyone. We're not just talking about Justice, Barsabas, and Matthias. Do you know that the Lord knows the heart of the leaders, but he also knows the hearts of the people who will be led. The Lord knows who you and I need to learn and grow best from. He knew where these disciples were going, who they would be speaking to, and how those dynamics would work together. Lord, you know everyone's heart. So show us which of these two you have chosen. And so they cast lots with those two names. Now, casting lots, if you're familiar, is pretty much like what we do nowadays with drawing names out of a hat or flipping a coin. So they would have taken like two um, rocks or pieces of bone that would have been marked to signify the options, and they would put them in some sort of vessel, like a vase shown here, and they would shake it until one would pop out. Whichever one would pop out would be the one chosen. Now, that sounds like kind of crazy, But this was them giving the ultimate decision completely up to the Lord. And in the Lord's abundant grace, he completely guided this process. He guided them to pray for the vacancy, to find the right men that he had asked for, and he chose Matthias to join the Twelve in their mission. So when I was thinking about this, um, I couldn't help but think about a beautiful Persian rug So I lived in the Middle East for a while, and and there were these rugs everywhere. I don't know if you can see the picture very well, but she's got a pattern up on the top right that shows how she wants this rug to look. 
And then on the top left, she's prepared all of the right colors and pieces and sizes. And people who weave rugs like this are really particular about the certain types of yarn that they use, the qualities, the colors, the pattern. All these little pieces have been prepared so that at just the right time and place, she'll weave the right colors in to create this beautiful pattern. And isn't this just what the Lord has done with leadership? Prepared each and every piece to be just as it should, to weave in at the right time. And this is the grace that God has for us and for Servants Church. The Lord continues to sustain his church just as he has since the beginning. He's guided us to be aware of vacancies where he might fill leadership to fulfill such good purposes. He guides us to pray about how he might fill those, those vacancies and who he might fill them with. God already knows who is going to pastor Servants Church. He already knows who's going to serve at Gold Avenue, and he's been preparing them, preparing the, their hearts to be ready to serve as they should serve. He's preparing their hearts to be able to respond to that call. And this morning we find ourselves in a situation that's so parallel to where these apostles are in Acts. If you remember last week pastor gina called us to a time of prayer 14 days of praying that the spirit might be poured out next week when pastor dave preaches on pentecost which is the pouring out of the spirit so like the disciples we are waiting and praying and seeking for the spirit and like the disciples we also have a vacancy in leadership and so this morning we have such an incredible opportunity to praise the lord for his grace and already providing servant leadership here at Gold Avenue. And we also have the opportunity to help him in filling vacancies that we see in ministry. We get to go to him in prayer and pray for these people who might be coming to fill these roles, that he might fill them with the people that he has chosen. Good, honest, selfless, and servant leadership that walks in and by the truth of our Lord Jesus Christ is what the Lord has in store for his church and for his people. He's chosen them. He's gifted them just as he gifted Peter in that moment. He continues to gift them, and he's preparing and equipping them. And he's calling us to join in his purposes by praying for them. And this is the great news that the Lord has for us this morning. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we rejoice in your provision. Lord, we thank and praise you for the leaders that you have provided for us here at Gold Avenue, for the gifts that you give to equip people, Lord, to lead. Specifically this morning, we lift up Servants Church, Lord, and ask that you might just encourage them, Lord, that that you have the right person chosen, that you don't leave your church to drown, and that you've chosen leaders and are equipping them to come and serve at Servants Church. And so, Lord, we ask that you come quickly with that leadership, Lord. Um, that you would bless them and that you would give them all they stand in need of. And Lord, we also lift up Gold Avenue Church. We pray for those that you've chosen to stand as shepherding elders. Lord, would you prepare their hearts to be able to say, yes, Lord. Would you gift them as you would see fit so that they might serve here faithfully and selflessly. We pray the same for those who would volunteer for Gold Rush, for youth group, for nursery. Lord, that you would just fill those positions. And Lord, we thank you that you've given us the gift of prayer and that you promise to answer us. 
In Jesus' name, amen.